Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. A beautiful good morning to all our High FM listeners. Excited to be back with you today. And of course, always excited to see my friend Peggy. Peggy, I can uh, see you. You too. Thank you, Adol. <laughs> and as we were saying earlier, thanks to COVID, we've become, you know, international over here. <laughs> Absolutely. And today we do have our first uh, international guest, and we are going to be talking about mental health, particularly in the space of relationships. We know that one of the things that COVID particularly emphasized, besides all the fear and the anxiety that we had to deal with, along with all the physical uh, challenges that we had, is that it's brought about a rethinking, a looking at relationships. They were actually um, talking during the pandemic that you know there was going to be a rise in, in divorce and a rise in all the negative stuff that relationships bring around. And there's been a surprising turnaround of many, many people looking at their relationships and how they've lived and how they should live, live forward. Today, we have the immense pleasure of bringing a relationship counselor on to uh, the radio. Her name is Hindi Kalmanson. She hails all the way from um, California. And we are going to be discussing what it means to be in a relationship, what, it, what skills can we take, can we learn, can we change, can we think about, can we debate in order to make ourselves firstly better human beings. And then of course, once we you know, fix up ourselves, it certainly has a repercussion and a good one at that um, on our relationships around us. So we would love you to join the conversation. Our SMS line is 34519. Our telegram number is 061-895-1019. And a reminder that Peggy and I run a WhatsApp group where we drop a little bit of healthy thinking every single day in the physical, in the, in, the, in, the, in the spiritual, in the mental. If you'd like to join, you can send an email to info at highfm.com. Give us your name, give us your number, and uh, we will put you on. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Good morning, or should I say good evening, Hindi. Welcome to South Africa. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Right. Let's let's kick off by maybe you telling us a little bit about yourself and what does it mean that you are a relationship coach? Thank you. So I am a relationship coach. I came upon this journey in my own personal journey of navigating my own relationships, seeing that I wasn't showing up fully to my relationships, seeing that I needed help. So I reached out to my coach and um, she right away saw that um, I wanted to learn and I was passionate about this. Um, so she invited me to her coach training program. So I literally jumped into training whilst in the midst of growing in my own journey. And I think what's important to realize is we're always in a journey. So even now, three years down the line, I still feel like I'm never going to achieve because that's not what's important. It's about just growth and striving. That's pretty interesting because, you know, you were asking us just before we came on to air, like, how did we come to the Healthy You Wealthy show? And it is, it was about a journey, a self-discovery. 
in terms of, you know, Fagi and I both independently of each other, you know, looking to see how can we live healthier lives on, on all levels. And mm. that, you know, this, this is the product of that. And really, this is the idea behind this radio show that, you know, we all have our challenges, our obstacles, our difficulties in life. And, you know, probably the most important thing is to show up. Can we talk a little bit about what does showing up mean in a relationship? Beautiful. So I think the first principle behind relationship, and we could talk about this maybe later, relationship has 13 principles. Um, the very basis, the very foundation of relationship is really our taking ownership over our own well-being. So that was something that was not part of my personal life. It wasn't something that I even really thought about. Um, and that ownership goes very deep. And it's not just the typical self-care attitude that most people talk about. For us, a relationship, taking ownership really means um, on a physical level, taking ownership of my well-being, on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, we all have a soul. That soul needs to be nurtured and taken care of. Um, and on an intellectual level, our thoughts, which thoughts are serving us, which thoughts are um, creating negative affirmations. So in a very deep way, that ownership over myself was one way that I was figuring out how to show up better in my relationships. So that was that, that first piece, looking at myself. So that's like a really holistic approach. I mean, you know, we've discussed on the radio show how to eat, how to do so many things, you know, a, a, a relationship also has to be healthy. What type of pointers do you give in the relationship coaching? Well, we introduced this different dynamic that most people don't really talk about. Um, we call it the mashpia mekabel dynamic. Mashpia is a Hebrew word. It comes from the word shefa, which means sustenance. Um, so mashpia is the person who gives sustenance. We'll just call him the giver. Um, and the mekabel comes from the word kibel in Hebrew, which means to receive. So mekabel is the receiver. So we introduce this concept of mashpia and mekabel, the giver and the receiver. Eastern science, it would be um, the yin and yang. But in Judaism, we call it mashpia and mekabel. And by introducing this dynamic into relationships, in all of our relationships, um, it allows us to have clarity as to how to navigate the relationship by recognizing who am I right now? Am I the giver or am I the receiver? And it sounds simple, um, but when you look at the simple everyday lives of women all over the world, it's very complicated to understand where am I being a masculine personality? Where am I being a feminine personality? And is it serving me to show up as masculine right now? Is it not? So it's, it's a huge focus of relationship to look at the, the feminine and masculine attributes of a woman. Well, you, 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 you deal specifically with women, correct? Um, yes. That, that is where, where, where you focus. But within each and every human being, we have male and female. Yes. And, and, and it's about, we should be, is, is it correct to say we should be healthily balanced on both, on both sides, each and every individual, irrespective of whether you're male or female? Yes. So um, the way we look at it is based on Kabbalah and Hasidus, which is the secrets of the Torah, which is the five books of Moses. And within that um, understanding of the Jewish person, we believe that the soul is comprised of 10 different attributes. 
Those 10 different attributes are different ways that we express ourselves. So one of the attributes is kindness. One of the attributes is restraint. One of the attributes is wisdom. One of, it, one of them is understanding. And through all of these 10 different ways, we express ourselves. So some of them are masculine and some of them are more feminine. And even within the masculine and feminine attributes, you could express them in a masculine way or you could express them in a feminine way. So yes, we are totally comprised of these 10 different attributes. And it's kind of what we relate to is how we express ourselves. So the way I kind of think about it is like when you're doing yoga and you're in a pose and you decide to bring that pose from your core So whatever attribute you're calling upon is the one that you're going to be expressing in every single area of your life. So if an attribute like, let's say, chesed, which translates as kindness, is something that resonates with you, so that will come up a lot in the way that you interact with with everybody around you. Um, But all 10 of those attributes are a part of ourselves. Um, It just depends which ones we're, we're leaning in on. So some people are naturally more givers or some, you know, on, on the other side, more receivers. I know as a mother, for instance, we are constantly giving all day long. So I think what, you know, again, you can correct me when, if I'm wrong, but it, there has to be a point in the day where you have to almost stand back and say, okay, in this situation, I have to then become the receiver. Beautiful. So you're bringing up this wonderful point. Um, it's definitely for women we have to struggle a little bit more with the giver and the receiver because men more often than not are almost always the giver throughout their day. And women are givers with their children, but the way relationships presents it, they should be receivers from their husbands. Um, And we could go into that a little bit if you'd like, but with women, we do in ways have to turn on and off our giver and receiver buttons. And I will just say that in me developing my femininity and my receptivity, because I was very masculine before I started learning all these things, I've also found that of course I can give to my children because that's who I am, but my energy around it could also be more feminine instead of coming off as masculine. So a quick example would be in the olden days, you know, before I came upon relationship and these principles, I was parenting from a very masculine place. I was very assertive. I wasn't that nurturing down on the floor, looking at my children in the eyes. Um, I was trying to cover all bases. I was frazzled. Being the giver for a woman is very exhausting because we're not built to give all the time. As opposed to men, when they give, it infuses them with energy. With women, at a certain point, we need to replenish ourselves. So for me, I was constantly giving. So therefore, I was constantly feeling defeated. So it's been a real journey, even in my parenting role, meaning even in my giving role as a mom or as a teacher, even that has become still more feminine, even if it is giving, if that makes sense. I I think that that's a big thing. I think you speak to any woman, she's exhausted because by nature, she is the receiver. Biologically, we see she's the receiver, right? Right. And you know, then psychologically, um, emotionally, she needs to be the receiver. I think that's the clarion call of the woman, right? She wants to be given. But practically, and I think maybe it's certainly a 21st century problem, is that we've been told, you know, we've got equal rights. And again, I'm the biggest feminist. Uh, You know, I I, I love human, uh, you know, equal rights and allow, allow myself to do whatever it is that I want to do. 
But in doing that, we do exhaust ourselves because we go out and we're, we're acting very masculine in the world. And you sit down at the end of the day, I've always used that analogy um, in, in my life, saying that I feel like I'm at a petrol station, at a fuel station, and I'm like this pump, and all I've been doing is pumping out fuel into anything and everything that's in my sphere of influence. And at night, you just like rattle yourself and you're empty. What, what type of um, ideas or, 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 or let's talk maybe a little bit about self-care. You know, it, it took a long time for me to learn self-care. To say, you know, you, you want to be the, this petrol pump, well, that, that's fine, you know, like give to the world, but you've got, you've got to receive, you've got to nurture yourself. What can we do to do that? Like what practical steps can we take to nurture ourselves? And if I can add to that question, Adel, is like in certain moments, Hindi, if you can add to that, like there's certain moments where we are completely frazzled and there's, there's so much going on in an actual moment, you know, to be able to stand back in that moment and say to ourselves, what can we do for ourselves, you know, to help the situation? Yeah, so I think even taking a step back for a moment, I think there's there's the ideology that has to be um, examined for a moment where a woman feels like she has to carry it all, otherwise the world will fall apart. And in 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 the larger scheme and even in our own personal lives, like I know for myself as a mom, I had this um I had this worldview of my children that if I wasn't present at every single moment and giving them whatever they needed at every moment, then, then chaos would erupt. And in taking a step back and actually trusting the people around me, even my children to show up, I found, wow, they could get the cereal bowls by themselves. They could, you know, get breakfast on their own. And there is something about us women feeling like the world depends on us, where we also could also have the humility to step back and say, the world is not going to fall apart if we step out for just a moment. So I think that's that's just an important piece to just insert there for just for just a second, because that permission to allow ourselves to replenish ourselves is what really stops us, right? It's that ideology of if I leave, then what's going to happen? I'm, I'm a terrible mother and I'm not showing up for my family and I, I can't do it, right? That I can't, you can't really step past that I can't. So I think it's important to, to look at that wall of what's stopping you from the self-care. Is there a belief behind self-care? Is there a belief behind you nurturing yourself? Do you find it to be selfish? Do you think it's wrong? And then see where it would work for you to, to establish some sort of self-care routine. And again, when I'm talking about self-care, this is very basic, minimal self-care. I'm not even talking about the very deep ownership of your personal well-being. We're talking about just eating healthy, um, sleeping well, and taking time, you know, five minutes off to check in with yourself, meditate, whatever it is that helps you self-regulate. That's really what we're talking about here, that very basic self-care. And when it's not basic, in, in, a, in a more extreme situation and in a more extreme case? So good. So if, if I'm talking to a woman who's in crisis, I call it extreme self-care or aggressive self-care, aggressive self-care, where a woman who's in crisis really needs to, to nurture herself. Because when we are emotionally not feeling balanced or well, how can we in any way grow? or be there for our family or, or show up at all. So yeah. it's crucial for a person who's in crisis to be really deeply taking care of themselves. And for me, at least personally in my journey was checking with myself and saying, well, what am I feeling right now? And what do I want? 
And it sounds very simple, but those questions are powerful because it allows you to just check in and say, well, where am I, right? In our frazzled, crazy lives, it allows us to just stop and check in with me. Who am I and what do I want? And sometimes it could just be a drink of water. I'm not saying like you have to get your hair permed and, you know, your nails have to get done. It doesn't have to be expensive or long-term or anything like that. It could simply sometimes be just light a candle, but just allowing yourself to give yourself that question to receive from yourself, really that question of I'm a person too, and I would love a drink of orange juice. And wouldn't it feel incredible to, to have that? And I don't know how to your body, what that would feel like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, amazing. I think also, like you say, Hindi, you want to bring the femininity, femininity into the actual situation and you want to become a receiver in that moment. So like Adel, I brought up this conversation with you a while ago. We were discussing how, let's say you come home and the kitchen's a mess and you can either like completely freak out and say, oh, why doesn't everyone clean it? And they know that I like clean and blah, 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 make, like, make yourself all overwhelmed. Or you can actually just make yourself a cup of tea and say, like, I'm doing this for myself, like actually become the receiver in that moment instead of go yeah. crazy about the situation. Mm. I, I, my thought is like, I, I think that you, 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 you know, uh, I'm sure our listeners um, are, are resonating as much as Peggy and I are just on <clears throat> who we are. Then we've, uh, the, the, the question is that you perpetuate that to the next generation, right? If you don't show up and you don't show self-care, what are you showing your daughter, your son moving forward that, you know, you'll just create the next generation that is, is, is running the treadmill? Yeah, I think we definitely live in a society. And again, I don't want to blame society because you'll hear what I'm about to say. We live in a society that does um, like to blame the other. Um, there's always someone else to pass the buck to. And I think what's so powerful about this is that the buck stops here. It's yes, there's a lot going on around me, but I could take ownership over my own well being. I don't have to be a victim of circumstance or whatever is happening to me. I could stand empowered and say, I want to look at the situation the way I want to and um, see the joy in it or see what I could receive in it or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. We're speaking in vague terms, but I think it's such a shift from victimhood to empowerment to be able to not look at the blame game and instead look at where can I show up? Have you seen a, a, a fundamental shift during COVID that people kind of got rattled a lot more um, because of the pandemic and everything that it brought in its way? In my clientele? Mm-hmm in your clientele, in, in, in your sphere of influence? I've definitely seen in the Los Angeles community that. Um, I haven't seen it as much in my clientele. I feel like the people who are in crisis are already in crisis. Um, but it's 100%. Like I just recently went on a hike and um, the person that I was on a hike with Um, all that person could do is count how many people are wearing masks and not wearing masks. And to me, I didn't even notice. Um, And what I'm seeing is this, it's almost like um, this anxiety that has been established. But to be a victim of that anxiety or to be a victim of the judgment that we are feeling, we're experiencing from other people or we are projecting onto other people is definitely something that I'm seeing a lot coming from the pandemic, which affects ourselves, how we feel about ourselves and how we look at others. That judgment is very heavy. 
Mm-hmm. So if we hold that judgment on ourselves, it's very heavy. If we hold it on others, it severely affects our relationships. It's so, it certainly <clears throat> has made people more fractitious. You know, you, you saw it at first. It was, it, it, it was. Uh, I'm looking at American politics. Everywhere, you know, it was Trump versus the Democrats, and then it became the COVID. Are you vaccinated or unvaccinated? And now, you know, are you Ukrainian or or you Russian? And it seems that yeah, we do. We tend to 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 blame as long as we can blame somebody for something. I had somebody ranting on a, on one of our um, uh, groups about the rise in petrol and it, it, this is pet, you know, Putin's problem. Like, so, you know, the fuels, all his problem. And, 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 and I was thinking like, what a waste of energy. Like, do you really think that you shouting to another 150 people on a WhatsApp group is gonna actually bring the price of fuel down? Why don't you just maybe say, you know, I'm only going to the, 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 the store once a week now, if you know, if it, it, it's become untenable or try, try I think though, when it comes to blame and this whole concept of blame is so much easier to blame someone else and actually work out what your own problems are. And that self-work is so much harder, you know, to do. It's like, you want to be healthy, you want to be healthy, but then just stop eating those chips and Coke because it's so simple, but I can't, how am I going to do that? So I, I'm so used to going and eating that Danish and that coffee every single day. How am I going to, but you want to be healthy. So just do it. You know, yeah. the, the blame game, it's, it's not a simple concept to, Literally, like you say, Hindi is like, let go and become that receiver. Let her, let like understand that God, you know, is in control and, uh, and he's in control of our relationships. And we have to actually learn the concept of letting go, which I think we can discuss when we come back. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We're talking to Hindi Kalmanson, a relationship coach from Los Angeles, we were talking about self-care. I think, yes, very importantly, let's talk about letting go. Hindi, what should we do about that? Because I, I, I think that that has been the most fundamental shift in my life, certainly in the last, since the beginning of the pandemic, when you realize this thing is just way too big, beyond your control, and the best is just to let go. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, I love that. I love that concept of letting go. I do feel like it has to be coupled with um, some sort of replaced thought or some sort of replaced focus because what does that even look like, right? What does that even look like to just let go? How do I just let go of something that I've been focusing on or, or stressing over for years um, or something that's really imminent or painful or scary what does it really look like to let go? So obviously, if it's a fear, then walking yourself through the fear is important. Uh, but if it's something that you really have no control over um, and you walk yourself through that fear, what can you replace it with instead to serve you better? I think is a very important focus that people don't necessarily look at. Because I remember people people say things all the time like, you know, why are you getting so stressed? Calm down. But I can't just calm down, kind of like what you were saying earlier, Faggy, where it's like, you know, it's if someone um, wants to get healthy, but they, they can't stop, well, you have to replace that with something. You can't just stop eating the French fries and the Diet Coke. You have to replace that with some sort of healthy diet or some sort of other focus. So I think that's an important piece also to talk about. If you want, we could give examples in a relationship of what that looks like to let go. Um, but that's, that's something I think important to put in here. Let's do one, 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 one example in a relationship. Okay, so um, let's say, for example, a woman is 
obsessing over the way, um, the car that her husband chose, right? So her husband's choosing a car and she has lots of different thoughts and opinions and judgments and fears around this car that her husband has chose, chosen. Now we're choosing a pretty neutral example because we're on the radio. Um, first of all, this is his car. So that's just an important piece to put in like there's a respect piece. This is his car. It really doesn't necessarily have much to do with her. Um, what are her fears around it, right? So to explore that, um, she can't just let it go. This is a car that she's going to see in her driveway all the time. This is what the neighbors are going to see. This is what her friends are going to talk to her about. Her mother's going to make a comment about it. So it's going to affect her. So how does she just let this go? So let's say if her fear is um, that this is going to be, it's too um, showy, the car. So to work through that, like, why does she have a judgment on her husband that he's materialistic or superficial, right? Um, what if it's her fear that um, it's a sports car and he's going to just get high on the sports car and go super fast and crash and God forbid die, right? That's a really legitimate fear. So she could look at that, examine that and work through that and replace that with, examining if that's even true, right? Is her husband a totally unsafe driver? Is that a valid fear? Let's say it is a valid fear that he's not really such a safe driver. So it's, I think it's a very important thing when we start looking at just letting go um, to start looking at the real dynamics at play. Oftentimes there's either judgment at play, there's fear at play, which of course creates control, the need or the desire to control. Um, and the narrative that she's created over whatever it is, like, let's say with this car, a woman has created a narrative that um, her husband's not a safe driver or that he's materialistic or that he doesn't make, he makes poor choices. So to look at those statements or these beliefs that she's created around her husband and really go back to the root and, and question that belief, question if that's even true and really work through it properly to, to see it to the end. And it sounds funny because it seems like it's such a, it's like a, such a silly example. It's such a neutral thing. He's just choosing a car, but for a woman um, who's in fear, who wants to control her husband's uh, decision because she has a fear about it, um, it affects her deeply and it affects the way she perceives her husband. So just letting go is not going to be enough. She has to really work through at the core. I think that's, 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 that's exceedingly powerful. One of the things we were actually just having a conversation offline before we came um, on for the show. And um, Peggy and I <clears throat> were saying is that our minds are so powerful, it can create any reality. You can, you can take a fear and you can make it into something so big. And in truth, you, you live through it and it, it, it doesn't even happen. And then you think to yourself, why did I waste so much time <laughs> and so much energy on something that didn't even have substance at the end? It was just my fears, you know, making it, 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 it much bigger. I think even more so, like in that moment, when you do have the right tools and obviously the right guidance, you can change that thought into a different reality for yourself, you know? Change the moment and, and not have that anxiety and fear like you, like you would usually have. I, I think one of the other things that 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 you know, as as a person, I've started thinking, is starting to press the pause button and saying, <clears throat> in the heat of the moment, and ask the question, what am I feeling now? Why? What? What am I feeling? Because generally, you get triggered, 
you know, and out comes whatever narrative you've, you've, you've created, whatever fear, whatever anxiety, whatever perception you have, and you don't even question like, why am I actually thinking the way I'm thinking? And maybe I should just stop myself and, you know, question the fundamentals behind it before I react. Yeah, oftentimes um, I speak with women and I say, you can you can just pause. Just because someone said something to you doesn't mean you have to respond that second. You could just give yourself some time to process. You could leave the room for a minute. You could even just say, wow, that was a really big idea. I just, I need to think about this. Why do we always feel like we have to have the best response immediately? Um, something to think about that you just sparked inside of me was this this dynamic that comes often with women because women are the receivers. So therefore, because the re we have that receptivity, um, you can't see my hands, but being receptive means that we are open. We're open to, we're susceptible. And that susceptibility uh, makes us vulnerable. It makes us feel vulnerable because we're open. And I know for myself that if I, you know, have a, a wide open day with nothing structured into my day, it could be terrifying because I don't know what am I going to fill that day with? Like I need grounding, I need structure. So I try to give myself a sense of grounding and structure and control by creating what is going to be my schedule for the day. So imagine as women, because we're open and vulnerable, we, we feel that, that fear and what we try to do, and it's a very natural thing, and it's not, an, it's not a bad thing. We try to ease that vulnerability, that fear, by, by controlling certain aspects of our day. We create systems in place so that we feel more secure. Um, but ultimately, if we bring that fear, that vulnerability, and then that control to our husbands, um, ultimately, it has a negative impact on the giver and on the relationship. We're speaking to Hendy Kalmerson, a relationship coach. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Well, of course, there is a lot to discuss around this area. And I guess as women, we can go on and on and on dissecting. And it's important to dissect and to understand. As always, time runs away. Um, it, it, it waits for no one, including us. So in the last minute or so, Hindi, um, I know that you run courses. Can you enlighten our listeners as to where they can contact you and what courses you are currently running? And of course, as you can see, um, the world has become a very small place. You can uh, you can get yourself a coach from the other side of the world very easily. Yes, indeed. So you can find all of us coaches at createrelationshift.com. Again, that's createrelationshift.com. We run workshops all over the world. Currently, there is going to be starting a Zoom workshop. So people in South Africa could come and join on March 9th. You can find it um, under events, workshops, the Zoom series at createrelationship.com. And if they want to get um, hold of you directly? There's an email uh, button on the, what's on the website, and you could always text me or email me, um, and you'll find that information on the website. Great. We will also put it in our podcast notes um, after the show. Hindi, this has been for sure enlightening and I think a very, very important conversation. And Faggy, as we always say, healthy you, wealthy you is not only about giving up sugar, right? 
and eating healthy and sleeping well. It's also about our emotional and our mental well-being. And I think that this conversation certainly um, has been very, very productive. We need so, to be able to bring this into our own families and, you know, teach them the same direction and, and you know, and just letting our children understand that self-care and looking after ourselves is also very important. Absolutely. Thank you again, Hindi, for staying up so Thank late. Thank you so much, Hindi. To, to embrace your bed, we are going to embrace our day. And we hope that everyone out in High FM land and across the world is going to have a super duper day, a super duper week. We'll be back, same time, same place next week. Thank you, everyone.